Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. And welcome to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes, as we start to explore what's happening in the industry and how we can recover as the markets start to reopen. Today, we're going to be looking at money, 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 and how you can make sure that your business protects the money from your consumers and how you can ensure that you're placing your money in the right place to make sure it's protected for your cash flow, as well as ensuring that if there are any issues around travel, that you can make those refunds and ensure that no one's left out financially. This has been one of the big issues that we've been dealing with uh, over the last six or seven months, particularly issues around refunds and that availability of cash to companies and where they've been actually storing that money that they've been getting from consumers. And joining me on the line is Jackie Cleaver, who is a communications director for Protected Trust Services. Hi, Jackie. A big issue around money at the moment, isn't it? So uh, you've been delving deep into this. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Every day. And I, I mean, you represent quite a number of, of businesses within the travel space. I mean, you've got over 250 members that represent OTAs, high street agents, home workers, tour operators. Now, what is your role as Protected Trust Services? We are a, we're, we're a scaffolding system behind independent travel companies, really. So uh, we ensure that they have complete package travel regulation compliance. We have our PTS platform, so that's the travel software, so they can manage their bookings, their diary, their whole business through the PTS platform. Um, you have currency head, hedging. We're an Atoll franchise as well, so we can sort out the Atoll. And big thing at the moment we, we also offer merchant services as well so the big thing for us is that we're a scaffolding system for travel businesses so that they are completely secure yeah i mean i mean that's the big issue i mean there's a lot of um vulnerability for businesses right now and because of the amount of uncertainty it's about how can they protect their business and how can we protect consumers at the same time as well as their end suppliers i mean it's a big supply chain and you know where this money is coming and going it needs to be controlled in some way um tell me first you know give me some more information here what is the package uh, travel regulation compliance so the package travel Regs, um, obviously we had our new ones in accordance with the Package Travel Directive in July 2018. Um, it's in essence, if you sell more than two elements over 24 hours and that you have three forms of protection that a travel business can choose from. That's bonding, um, financial failure insurance or independent trust account and insurance like PTS. Um, so obviously the travel businesses who are with us have adopted the trust account, but there's many travel businesses out there who adopt bond or financial failure insurance, which is completely legal. But alongside that, with the PTRs, there's, like I said, it's a, 20, it's a huge document. So I'm really simplifying here for, for the cause of your, you know, for this is the big thing that's causing a problem is that the principal seller, so the tour op generally, um, or the atoll holder is 100% responsible for giving that money back to the consumers. And actually, legally, it should be within 14 days. But the argument is the PTRs weren't written for something like COVID. So 14 days isn't altogether. To collect those monies off your suppliers, uh, from your suppliers, is not has not always been within 14 days. 
Um, but the liability is on you as principal. That is 100%. So to mitigate your risk, you, you've got to look after consumer monies sensibly to be able to be in a position to give them back. I mean, this has been some of the issues where the money's been coming in and they've been paying bills uh, immediately that they've had. Um, that money not been stored um, until the consumer has returned from their holiday. I mean, I, I went on a ski trip uh, in February, was repatriated, and I got all my money back, uh, which was fantastic. And it was amazing how quick it happened, even though it wasn't within 14 days. They Obviously, you understood the, the, the situation that we're in. But there were a lot of smaller businesses that were just not able to get hold of that money to return it to their consumer. And many consumers still haven't seen their money returned. They've obviously been claiming on their credit cards or, or any other way in which they possibly can do through their insurances. And I think, you know, particularly insurance now is going to become more difficult, especially around uh, COVID-19 and any implications because of that. How can they make sure that they ring fence this money so it's not actually spent? From a business point of view or a consumer, yeah. a business consumer isn't it? Um, well, it, that is by joining a trust account. There's no two ways. And that it, that's not, a, you know, for some businesses, when they haven't dealt, traded in that manner, one, it appears really daunting. There's all different models of trust accounts. It's not just PTS in the market. Of course, like, we, we're turning out to be one of the leaders now, but it's there's all different styles of trust account. You can find a trust account to suit your business. But, you must ensure that there is a separation between consumer money and working capital. Yes, you can pay your suppliers, but consumer money before travel, if you were using that for rent or rates or wages or growth, then it's not from a place of judgment that I say this. It's just a very, you're on very shaky grounds because you are spending money that, in essence, for the day that comes like COVID, you have to be in a position to give back. And so it's suddenly you're, you're on quicksand because it's not there, you've spent it. Um, which is all well and good in hindsight to know that because many companies sit there and go, well, how would we know COVID was coming? And for sure, that that's absolutely true. But in travel, there is always something. And, I, I mean, I, yeah. and so to, it, it, you can learn from this and you can get yourself into a stronger position so that when the music stops again, which it will, not necessarily to this level, we, well, God willing, it doesn't, but something will happen. And just, you're in a position to learn from it and, and move. Get I mean, it's not as if, you know, things haven't happened over the last 15 years that hasn't given reason to protect their money. You know, everything from um, the volcanic ash cloud to um, devastation in countries across the world where holidays have to be cancelled or the grounding of flights or cancellation oh, yeah. of airlines. I mean, th th these things have always been there. As you say, not on this level, not on this scale, but any company that's dealing with consumer money needs to protect that money. And this has been, you know, forefront um, of, of consumer issues regarding travel for the last few months and we're still seeing uh, some of the big players not returning yet the monies and you know the conversations that i've had is you know is it time for new technology do we need blockchain do we need these smart contracts in order to uh, prevent companies taking that money and and using it just to keep themselves going but but 
protecting the investment that everybody's making uh, within within the industry. And um, I mean, this is almost, as I understand, when you talk me through about the trust account, you are sort of ring fencing, you are putting it away, and then you are only paying people when it's right to pay people. And this is sort of the essence of what they say are smart contracts, because it's all artificially intelligence led, right? But these things, as you say, they, they've been in existence for a while. I mean, why do you think that some companies have sort of shied away from doing this? Is it is it investment? Is it uh, feeling that they they have better control, better financial mechanisms internally? I think it's um, I think it's a few it's different reasons for different companies, but as a rule, it tends to be one. There's a real misconception of trust accounts. People think we will strangle them they will have no control of their company um they would lose control lose transparency i mean at pts it could be further from the truth it did we work with each member to be able to to make sure it's you know they are completely in control of their finances we only make any moves that they ask us to make um i think the other reason as well is if a company had the choice between ffi um, bonding or trust accounts, it, they would see it that if they use consumer money as working capital, they've got themselves into that that mm, cycle. Habit, yeah. Now, how do you get out of that cycle unless suddenly you have to get out of that cycle? And sort of what we were really fearful of for many years was something like COVID would happen. And, and so from our point of view, we were saying you've got to be so careful trading her because – Something big could happen, not knowing it would be COVID, but it was inevitably going to be something um, that would come from left wing. It, it, you know, you only have to look at history to know it will, it will happen. And so, you know, now it's, I think people chose, if you, if you have access to, to the client money, then, you know, to some companies that is preferable. Oh, absolutely, because it's, it's an opportunity to invest in something if you want to grow, if you want to scale. But as you say, you're putting that money at complete risk. I mean, one of the things that you mentioned is that you've experienced quite a bit of growth over the last few years, and this has been accelerated in the last few months as a result of COVID. Um, you know, what, what sort of th th reasons are, are people now turning to this? I mean, you know, one of the big issues uh, last year was the fall of Thomas Cook. And we've seen other um, agents as well uh, fall. And I guess that it, it's it's those that actually make the bookings as well that need to protect themselves on behalf of their consumers, like the home workers and the high street agents. Yeah, I mean, people are moving over for all different different reasons, really. I think the major value that they're seeing is control and transparency. But control mm. is 100% the leading factor. People want control to compartmentalise their business, to, to get security, to get solid foundations so that they can move forward. I think COVID, for a plethora of different reasons, has absolutely scared the living daylights out of most... All directors of travel companies, um, and the ones that can move forward, they're embracing trust now. You know, they're, they're, and for their consumers as well. There's no doubt that COVID has raised awareness to consumers of how the travel industry and how travel businesses 
work. And, you know, if you actually ask consumers, if you say, if you go to a travel agent, what do you think happens to your money? Well, nine times out of 10, they will say, well, that travel agent books the hotel, books the flight, books the transfer. Well, nine times out of 10 currently, no, that is not how it works. Um, there's a lot of companies outside of trust. I'm not saying they have to be a PTS member to do that. You know, some leading high street agents who follow a trust model and they do fulfill the package. But there's many who, who don't. Consumers find it absolutely astounding that they're not getting refunds at the moment. And, and there is this whole idea that, you know, because a lot of people have moved to this sort of self-booking and they don't realise that they don't have that level of protection as you would do if you had booked it with a provider, booked it a full package, you get the adult protection in place. Yeah. Um, and, and now there's a lot more focus on people purchasing these adult protected um, holidays because at least they can they get the money back. They're, they're much more aware of that compared to just booking their own trips, um, their own flights, their own hotels on different portals where, where effectively they can very easily lose the money unless that company themselves are, are, are adapting and changing their refund um, policy. I mean, I, we've already seen that airlines are removing um, a lot of the charges when it comes to changing the date for your trip, for example, which they never used to do. But obviously they want to try to keep that customer as much as possible. But with this with this amount of impact, because there's so much pressure and because there's so much money that needs to be returned, is there going to be a future for Atoll? Is, is, is it going to continue um, or is, is it... A, possibility that it's just just not able to uh, sustain this in long term there is always going to be a need for atoll i mean the civil aviation authority they are they are really trying their best and i've actually seen how much they've helped our members and been on the end of a phone and they're processing a lot of atolls to get people to move over do you know that they, they are doing so much to be able there's only so much manpower on the flip side of that you know so um there is always going to be a need for atoll is atoll is it going to change i think if atoll looks at it if the caa look at it and go we're supposed to be a fallback not not it do you know in in you're not gonna we're not supposed to solve all of these problems is there enough money in the att are we going to see rises in in fees to the Air Travel Trust? You know, are we going to see? I don't know. But I mean, I mean, you say these these are things that we could pot of money to to back up all these, but it needs to be there. Atoll needs to be there. Um, and what sort of problems could we could that need to be alleviated in the industry to make this more effective? I mean, is there any sort of uh, securities that need to be put in place, or you know, criteria that companies should should meet in order to sell holidays in some way? I think we only we only take on, as you know, uh, uh, experienced travel professionals. Um, you have to have experience to join PTS. Um, but we don't offer academies or anything like that. So I think if, if there should be some kind of requirement that if you're going to sell travel, then you should have either, if you're going independent, like with our members, you have experience. You, you know what you're talking about. And 
if you want to come into the travel market, then you have to join a, a registered company that offers academies that are truly going to train people. I find it astounding and something I've always said is the amount of travel agents who don't understand package travel regulations. It, it's, it, and it doesn't need to be the whole document. It's arduous, it's boring, I get it. We have to understand that, but there must be a general understanding. But there are a lot who do. And I, my, my true um, feeling is, my true belief is that I watch a lot of people from afar on travel gossip, travel wants and raves, or I'd speak to them in the industry, our members, whoever else. Travel professionals, true travel professionals, are like encyclopedias. It's insane. The hotels they know, the, the product they know, the transfer companies they know, the, the airports, the, the, you know, the flight paths, the times. They, they are like encyclopedias of knowledge. It's amazing how much a true travel professional knows about their product. And I firmly believe that the value of a well-qualified, educated travel agent that consumers can have a personal, independent relationship with, whether that is home workers or a high street store, or just someone they physically speak to. I think it's the OTAs that have got to be very careful that they don't lose their market. Because the second you treat a consumer as a number and don't treat them fairly, you'll lose them. The travel industry is too competitive, massively competitive. So, you know, I think there is going to be an absolute resurgence and a comeback for the true travel professionals, the true travel agents. And there are a lot out there. I mean, we, we're starting to see a bit more of a hybrid approach now um, where you are seeing traditional high street agents offering their packages online, but then having that point of call, yeah. that opportunity to pick up the phone and have that conversation. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest kickbacks over the last few months is the fact that no one can actually speak to anyone at some of the larger OTAs. That's exactly it. That's exactly um, it. Live chat or, you know, they tell, go on hold for three hours and then get cut off. There's something to be said for... You know, some of our members, I watch them, they have wonderful relationships with their clients. And it's not just our members. I watch it on the forums. On the, there, There's some amazing travel professionals. Out there. And, and I really, truly believe consumers will start going to them, especially with the likes. I mean, just recently, the launch of EasyJet Holidays. Do you know, well, everyone's got capacity to access that. You know, it's not necessarily now... The OTAs will get it cheaper. You, the the travel professionals could do it as well. And, and this is one thing that is missing because there is all this idea about rate parity, um, which is which you know is a challenge for a lot of a lot of suppliers uh, needing to match what they're providing to OTAs. But as you say, sort of if you're going direct to someone, having that conversation, there's more flexibility on price sometimes and the type of packages that you can buy. But one of the key things that is coming out from this conversation is this idea of trust, building that confidence with the consumer, making them feel like they're going to be safe with their travel booking. They're going to be safe with their with, with their with the money that they're investing. And most importantly, that they're going to be communicated to as and when things uh, change and if there are any problems with their booking. Yeah. That's, it's, it's so true. And it, that will, I, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. None of us do. 
but I 100% believe that the value of a travel professional or at least that a consumer can call someone and understand where their money is and understand that they're going to be looked after and they speak to a physical human being, that is hands down going to win. And, and that's sort of it right from March. We've always sort of said anyone who comes through COVID, what is going to get everyone through COVID is integrity and forbearance. They're the two things. And if you treat your clients with both those things and and suppliers and um, your protection model, whatever, whatever it is, everyone, the whole system, the whole cycle, you do it with integrity and you have some forbearance. And you that's the two things. You will, you're going to fly after COVID. And I appreciate that after COVID seems like a long way away at the moment. You know, we keep moving, don't we? It will be, it will be July, it will be September, it will be, but there will be an end. There will. And the ones that are companies that have shown integrity and have treated their partners, suppliers, their consumers, their clients well, will bounce. Another thing as well, although we don't want it to be delayed, it gives you that time to be able to prepare for when it does return. It allows you to get those mechanisms, those technologies, those systems all in place to make sure that you are ready for the tomorrow. And, and that's the one thing, as you say, that, you know, you you guys have read um, all the regulations inside out, all the compliance. You're there to support um, travel companies and making sure that the, the, the monies are, are protected, that they have the right systems in place. And what's the best way for them to get in contact with tr- uh, protected trust services? So they can come to our website, which is www.protectedtrustservices.com. They could email us on ask at protectedtrustservices.com. Or they can call us as well, 0207190998. We've also got a page on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all for Protected Trust Services. We're always updating on those. So they can always contact us on, on those. Excellent. Jackie, thank you very much for taking me through all of that. Um, it was really insightful. And, you know, the, the time you took with me as well, uh, when we had our first chat a few weeks ago. Um, and I really hope that we can actually meet up in person since we're both based in Bournemouth. Uh, I'm I'm self-isolating after Spain, so I'm devastated that uh, we couldn't do this uh, as my first uh, live um, in-room interview. But uh, hopefully we can have that physical connection very soon. Yeah, next time. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you for inviting me, Ryan. It's been great. Thank you. Check out our other episodes of Travel Market Life on travelmarket.life. Um, we've got a couple of new episodes and series for you that is available for you to check out now, including the Hotel Tech Clinic and a new series coming very soon, Hotelier's Voice, where we get insights into the new technology and platforms that they're using and how they're getting their teams to adapt in a more digital sector. Thanks for joining. My name's Ryan Haynes. Ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.